pursuing relationships relationship on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. I'm Josh Coat, your host. Today on the program, we're going to be diving into the subject of the value of ourselves and others, mining the gold that Christ has placed in each and every individual. I'm fortunate enough to have on the program with me a little bit later, Pastor Dan Wormuth, a close friend and someone who I thoroughly enjoy doing life with. We'll be diving a little bit deeper into the subject of discovering the value in others. You know, something that I always continue to remind myself of is that every single person has the same price tag. You know, you wouldn't go shopping for a vehicle that was advertised for $10,000 and say to the seller, you know, I'd love to give you $50,000 for this vehicle. He would think you were crazy. He'd probably accept your offer, but the vehicle just isn't worth that much. God showed us the value of what he had created in mankind by paying the ultimate price, the life of his very own son. Christ didn't just forgive the sin that was sitting upon us. He bought back the value of sonship, the reflection of God himself on the earth. He came to replace mankind with Godkind, what we were originally created for, the very image of our creator. And that signifies great wealth and value in each and every individual. Christ has placed deep within each one of us the veins of silver and gold of sonship. My guest today has gone through a journey of discovering, learning, and implementing the concept of sonship in his own life and imparting that to others in his sphere of influence. I'm so excited to hear his heart today on the loss of those that you love, the new discovery of your value and worth as a son of the Most High God, and mining for that value and other people. When I come back, Pastor Dan Wormuth will be with me. Stick around. Encounter Culture is more than just a podcast. It's a community movement of pursuing relationship on purpose. We steward this movement with Encounter. Points of contact where believers can come together and build relationships through community conferences, incense rising, 24 hours of expression and encounter, house fires, regional gatherings in homes, extended living room worship, and family style ministry. We also steward it through culture, like this podcast, with weekly vision casting, stewarding the heart of our region, inspiring and giving resources. Echo, the publishing arm of Encounter Culture, producing a regional sound, songwriting sessions, recording and distribution projects, and through treasure hunts, monthly regional outreach, activation in ministry, prophecy, and evangelism. One of the best ways to connect and become involved is to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Check out our upcoming events and find out how we can pursue relationship together on purpose at EncounterCulture.us. This 
is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. So honored to have a man that I love doing life with, mm-hmm. Pastor Dan Wormuth. Thank, Thank you, you, sir, for being here with me. Thank you for the invitation. In our community, mm-hmm. just about everybody that I talk to knows you. Well, it's because I've had a couple bad hair days, and people just don't forget that. <laughs> but for those that don't know who you are, give it a little background. Tell us who you are and what you're doing. Mm. I am the firstborn of five boys. Mom and dad went to Bible college in Houston, Texas when we were youngins, and then back to Michigan to be missionaries to the Native American Chippewa tribe in Mount Pleasant. And then they labored with my uncle for a while, and he has pastoral ministry, which was a joy to be part of. And then they were back in the pastorate themselves. And so I grew up in church all my life, and my brothers, all five of us serving God. I think it's an homage to the way my mom and dad loved Jesus, and they did not expose us to the hardships of ministry. We just saw the Jesus in ministry, I would say. And so uh, five of us are serving Jesus today. I met Cindy when I was 15, church camp, and then we got married when we were 21 and have four sons of our own. We have three that were biological and then one that we fostered and adopted. And so we moved here almost 18 years ago to Pastor Joplin Family Worship Center, a real commissioning of the Lord when the congregation uh, was reaching out to us and asking us to come. We heard the voice of the Lord, and He spoke clearly to us, so we did. And we've been through a tornado. (laughs) Welcome to Joplin uh, and recovery. I think this is the best place to raise uh, your kids, Um, greatest place in the world. We're on assignment, and if I need to, I'll buy some cemetery plots here because I don't plan to move back to Michigan, that's for sure. So that's kind of who we are in a nutshell. And I married the most wonderful, lovely, gorgeous, powerful women in all the world. She yes, completes me and floats my boat. So I'm a happy man. And Pastor Cindy's been on the podcast she has. ahead of you. She was. She she forged the way. Ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful that the Lord brought you to Joplin. Thank you. And shortly after you got here, a couple of years after you and mm-hmm. Pastor Cindy came here and filled that mm-hmm. position, I was able to move to this area as well. And yes. We've known each other for a long we time. We have. You are an amazing producer and um, oh, have you. helped me tremendously uh, through the years with ministry that's been radio and your skills certainly are obvious um, but your love for Jesus Josh is the part that I love the most and listen ladies and gentlemen I know this is podcast but I'm sitting across from a guy who's having a great hair day and I just thought it bore <laughs> it bore witness to, to bring that out so I feel like I'm looking in a mirror <laughs> yeah well you have no gray hair <laughs> <laughs> a little bit I got a little bit right here. okay on your chin 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 well, you know, at Encounter Culture, we pursue relationship on purpose. It's yes. it's what our heart is, and that's relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's our relationship with one another within the body of Christ, and it's also with our relationship with the world. Today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what your heart says about relationship. So when I look at Scripture from the very beginning, God, who made us and created us, wired us to have relationships. God said, let us make man 
in our own image. And when he did, he did an amazing job. He made man and woman, and he walked with them the cool of the day. He spent time with them in relationship. And Adam was, you know, quite happy with his bride. And it was a beautiful moment in time. Obviously, there was an incident that happened, and they lost relationship, and there was a brokenness that was there. And I think that brokenness, because of Adam and Eve's sin in the very beginning, revealed the full nature of our Heavenly Father's love for us, uh, in that He pursued them. Made a promise in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. So the promise was, there will be a win day. It will be a day of a win, and there will be full recovery of relationship. But God has never stopped pursuing us. And so since that's His DNA, I want to be like Him in that. I want to follow His DNA and pursue relationship with people. And I think you and I both know that there are individuals in life sometimes make it very hard to pursue them, but that's the heart of God for us to pursue people even when it's not so comfortable or easy in order that Jesus and what he has done might be honored first. His great love for us. And I like the way Jesus and the Father, the relationship is reflected in the earth and Jesus's earth walk for us to model that kind of relationship, not only with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus, the Word, the King of glory. I love all of his names. Um, But because of that DNA now in us, it's to be reflected through us in the earth. I love the way that you use the term DNA. Mm -hmm. It's what Jesus has infused us with Mm -hmm. by Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Brought us back into right standing, presented us to the Father. Ta-da! Yeah. Holy and acceptable, just like him. Yes. So that brings us to the idea of sonship. And yeah. the Lord really worked this into your heart a few years back. Can you just take us through that journey? Mm-hmm. In brevity, I mentioned I was the firstborn of five boys, mom and dad in ministry. Dad passed away at the age of 48. He left us really early. It was not by his desire to go, but cancer had brought his body to an end of his race. And so uh, he stepped into the presence of the Lord. And it was a cold, cold Michigan day when we were committing his body uh, to the earth for safekeeping until the resurrection. But what I didn't realize is that that day I actually left a part of my heart at the grave and walked away. Would find myself drawn to the grave just to go and try to talk out loud. I knew my dad couldn't hear me and I knew that um, I wasn't trying to talk to the dead, but somehow I found it therapeutic to talk out loud just about the sense of loss or the struggles. The Lord was pursuing my heart. So I believed a lie from the enemy that I had become fatherless. And I found myself in my relationships thinking in terms of being fatherless and not thinking in terms of being a son, walking in sonship, although I knew that theological term. And it really affected relationships. There were pastors and ministers who had broken relationships with their own bio children who were attracted to myself to make deposits into my life. And I thought to myself, I really don't want that deposit. <laughs> you know, I saw brokenness in them and I couldn't figure out why they were wanting to be a father to me. Uh, I was still grieving the loss of my own father. 
And it was years and years. And we moved here to Missouri. And my mother was coming to the end of her life. And she had continued in ministry. Was a phenomenal pastor, phenomenal uh, minister. And raising a special needs son. And so just, you know, lots of honor for mom. But as she was preparing to pass, I really needed to deal with what was coming and the unresolved loss of dad. I had an encounter. I went to the cemetery to take some flowers to my dad's grave, just kind of honor you know, his life while mom was ill, and approached the grave to lay the flowers down and started to talk out loud like I had in years past. And I heard the Holy Spirit clear his throat with a, <clears throat> and like shaking his head, no, don't do it. And it stunned me because there's no one there. It's just me, you know, at uh, <laughs> a graveyard. It was very clear the Lord was indicating, no, do not do this. Don't find some false comfort or refuge in talking here at this grave where there's just dead bones. It so stunned me, I, I literally backed away from the grave and went back, got in my vehicle and drove away and just thought to myself, that was very odd, and that was very profound, and I don't really know what's going on. So I had that visit with my mom and had come back home and was talking to my wife about it. And I remember when I said, you know, Cindy, I think I just left a part of my heart there at the grave those years ago when we buried Dad. And she said, well, do you think maybe you might just need to go ahead and invite that part of your heart back, you know? <laughs> It's good to be married to a person who's passionate about God and His Word. It was just a defining moment, and I said, yeah, I think I should. And she said, well, then let's just do it now. Josh, I prayed a simple prayer. Lord, forgive me for letting any part of my heart be buried in that grave with my dad, knowing he's in your presence, he's not even there, and grieving all these years in a way that was not even how I was wired to grieve. And I felt open heart surgery happen in that moment, and my life was changed. I'm a saved, sanctified, filled with the <laughs> Holy Ghost, word preaching, song singing, minister, you know, all these years. And yet there was an unbelieving part of my heart that needed to get fixed. And the invitation of repenting to the Lord for leaving a part of my heart. Because remember, my heart belongs to the Lord, to my Heavenly Father. It didn't belong to the grave. So the invitation for it to come back, open heart surgery, I felt my heart become whole. It was like the day I got born again. And I know why. It's because all my heart was the Lord's again. And in that moment, he spoke to me from Second Corinthians six eighteen, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And he very clearly indicated that he was my father. And it was in those moments that the revelation began to unfold that I came from my heavenly father through my biological parents who loved us and poured into us boys and to our wives and ministered you know, to us and was a reflection of God. But I had sinned against the Lord and I had repented. And then the amazing moment of discovery of what sonship could be. So, Josh, that started me on a journey of learning about sonship. And I had some catching up to do because at this point I'm already 
you know, in my late 40s, and I'm myself needing to learn what it means to really walk in the spirit of sonship, not realizing that what Father wanted is for me not only to carry or live in the spirit of sonship, but then he wanted me to be a reflection, like he wants you to be, a reflection of our Heavenly Father. Yeah. That the relationship uh, that we have with people in, in a fathering way, even as Jesus did nothing, said nothing, without what first he saw the Father do it or he heard the Father say it, he was a reflection of the Father in the earth. And that's what he wants of us. So, thank the Lord we're now seated with Christ in heavenly places so that we can be close to hear what the words are, what the doings, what the actions are of our Heavenly Father as Jesus would also reflect them in the earth through us. So, Christ in us, the hope of glory for people here on the earth to see the love of the Father. So, this journey of sonship really began with a repentance of having buried a part of my heart somewhere where it didn't belong, where corruption was. And oh, the wonderful cardiologist that our God is, that he, he can make a heart whole. Amen. So as we begin to walk in sonship, mm-hmm. the Father fathers us into yes. his very character, his very nature, so that we too can impart yes. somewhat to others and call out, Yes. The gold in them. Yes. Something that you shared with me earlier about mm. uh, when you went to Idaho. Can yeah. you share that story? I would love to. If we're going to walk in sonship, that's my relationship with my Heavenly Father and with Jesus, our Savior right. and King. Then how will that look in a practical way towards everyone else that I'm doing life with? He had the privilege of ministering at a friend's church in northern Idaho. We were in... Kellogg and Wallace, for anyone out there who knows those little towns, Dante's Peak was filmed in Wallace, Idaho, so you know that area. This is the Bitterroot Mountain Chain, where they were mining for gold and for silver, and there were people of Chinese descent and others who were working these mines, and then these individuals who were shooting them and using them for target practice, you know, at night when they got drunk. And so it was not called the Bitterroot Mountains for just a name. There's a lot of Bitterroot, horrible crimes against humanity that happened there. So this area really struggled with that. Here is gold and silver veins running through these mountains and the blood of innocent people being shed on the mountains. So the juxtaposition of needing redemption obviously is very strong. And my friend's ministry was a very redemptive one and real prophetic redemption message. And so one day he asked, do you want to go to the mines? And I said, yeah, I would love to. So a guy in the church took us a mile deep. I mean, elevator first, and then these motorized vehicles that took us back and wrapping around. It's like a corkscrew going down further and further till we came to the end of the vein where a man who is 60 is drilling holes with a huge mechanism. He's cut like he's 20, but you know, he's 60 and he's drilling holes, packing it with the explosives, and then they explode it and it reveals the silver for being extracted but while standing there i'm watching from the top to the bottom from ceiling to floor is the vein of silver that they're going after a lot of effort was made to get that deep safely 
and then to extract it. There's great wealth in the rock. Now, you and I, we might go to the jewelry store to buy our wives something, you know, really pretty. And we get there and we see it. It's beautiful. We buy it. We give it to them. And they love it, you know. But that's the absolute finished product. So we can go and gawk at a window or a jewelry case and find something that looks lovely. But, oh, what is it that the Lord wants to do? That we would go mining in people's lives, they don't even realize that there's a silver thread that runs through their life that God has placed there. And God wants to reveal the value in that person. That there are people who have great, great value in the earth. God has a plan and a purpose for them. Are we willing to go to the depths of what that looks like? Can we mine the wealth that is there so that the person can discover what God has deposited in their life? And find out that they are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And that there's a wealth there for them to enjoy in their life. A wealth of relationships. Mm. A wealth of kingdom purpose in this world that we live in. And so I have a great appreciation for silver. I have a silver ring on my hand right now. And it reminds me every day of the redemptive purposes that even in the Bitterroot Mountains of life, where even crimes have been committed and blood has been shed and sorrow has happened. Yet deep within every individual, God saw purpose and a plan. It was the silver vein of redemption that Christ has deposited into this earthen vessel. And relationships are the opportunity to find them and help a person discover that. And there could be some explosive moments (laughs) in life (laughs) revealing that, you know, a little pressure. But, oh, the glory of what that person's life can be in God's kingdom. And we may have had a part in that. Maybe we helped to mine it. Or maybe we just hauled away the debris. Um, Whatever it is, I think relationships are very, very reflective of God's nature and purpose. He's deposited wealth in every person. And it's my joy to discover that wealth in a relationship. You said it, oh, the glory. And Mm -hmm. I love to look at... Uh, the glory mentioned in the word as the revealed image of God. Say that. When we do the hard work, which relationships are, yeah. they're hard work, yeah. and we mine out that silver or that gold in mm-hmm. someone, we're really showing them the image that they were created for, yes. which is Jesus. Yes. And so if Jesus is in the middle of every relationship, even my brokenness or my rockiness or just add water, my muddiness, but Christ is still valued in the relationship. So I don't toss away a relationship just because it's gotten rocky or it's got some debris because Christ is in the middle. So if I know that in a relationship, if Christ is in the middle, there will be wealth of relationship to experience between the two individuals, you and I, but also what is Christ at work doing in Josh or in Dan in that moment? What does he want to reveal? And sometimes the purpose is far, far bigger than us. What's the trifecta? What is God doing in us that will help us help another? Why did those miners have to go a mile deep into the earth? I mean, we think about that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any silver at the surface. There wasn't. No gold, no vein. No. You had to go deep. 
and that's a good picture of us pursuing even when there's silence on the other end so there's surface wealth Every relationship has a surface wealth. You know, Mm -hmm. the gold that was in the rivers there in northern Idaho, they had already found that. They had mined it. And there is in every relationship. But somebody knew that there was greater wealth even further. I'm told that the Bible is like a very accurate thing. (laughs) I find that every time I read it. And the Word of God tells us about the pure gold in the rivers around where the Garden of Eden was. We find veins of gold in places here in America, but they've measured mountains of gold in that part of the world. They're setting on not veins, but mountains. Gold in its greatness beyond what people have thought about. And so one might never realize that the topical surface wealth relationship wealth hanging out with this person really makes me feel good but there is a value that's even deeper more than just feeling good that will require some mining but it's worth it so i i think we need to do that you and i and our listeners today need to realize that um, there's surface wealth there's benefits to just kind of superficial hey how you doing uh, but there's a wealth that's much deeper but I pursue it for that person's sake. Right. Not for mine. I pursue it for that person's sake, that Christ might be glorified, edified, lifted up. I'm looking for the vein of silver. In those bitter root mountains of life, I want them to discover the redemptive purpose of Christ for them. Amen. Amen. So appreciate you in my life, mm-hmm. and you do call out gold in me that I never knew was there. And you have throughout the years, and I just really appreciate having well, you in my life. You're golden, man. <laughs> Thank you. What a great privilege and pleasure to have Pastor Dan Wormuth on the program with me today. I'm looking forward to having him back over and over again. I think he's going to be a regular here on the Encounter Culture Podcast. Next week, I have something extra special planned for you, a mystery guest. And the reason why I can't reveal who it is is because he's involved in some covert ops, if you will, on the mission field. It's going to be a real treat to sit down, talk to him, and hear his heart on how relationship happens in the 1040 window. It's all happening right here next week on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then.